Welcome to Rabbi Michael Whitman's weekly podcast, Mining the Riches of the Parsha, where we discuss, using classic and modern sources, the insights of each Parsha that will make a difference in your life. Welcome. It is wonderful to be with you again for tonight's Mining the Riches of the Parsha. This week's Parsha is the Parsha of Shlach. And I'd like to share with you a sheer, a lecture, that I had the privilege to hear directly from Rabbi Norman Lamb of Blessed Memory. I heard this in 1996. And I share it with you tonight because it is a series of masterful insights into our Parsha, the Parsha of Shlach. As you know or may know, Rabbi Lamb passed away just a couple of weeks ago. And I also share it as a tribute to Rabbi Lamb's memory because what I want to share with you tonight is so characteristic of his eloquent learning and teaching. It is original, it's deep, and when you understand it, it is utterly simple and coherent. So let's start like this. One of the Yud Gimel Midos, the 13 attributes of God, or the 13 characteristics of God's personality, so to speak, one of those terms is emes, which means truth. And emes, truthfulness, is an essential characteristic of God. A famous phrase of our rabbis, emes, the signature of God is truth. Clearly, emes is fundamental. And yet, there is no mitzvah in the Torah to tell the truth. It's interesting. If you want to take a look in the Chumash, in the Stone Chumash, just going to quote one Pasuk. It's on page 434. It's back in the book of Shmos. The Torah says, Midvar Sheker Tirchak. Stay far away from Sheker, which we translate as falsehood. So, there is a mitzvah, a prohibition, uh, 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 and we are enjoined to stay far distant away from sheker, but there is no specific mitzvah to tell the truth. It's kind of surprising. And in order to understand why that is, let's start by asking a question on our parsha. And if you want to turn in the Stone Chumash to page 798. If you happen to have the Stone Chumash with you and you want to turn to the pages, page 798, it's not necessary. I will read the, 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 uh, the uh, sources, the psukim. Page 798, it's uh, Bamidbar, chapter Yud Gimel 13, starting right at the top of the page. Pasuk Aleph, 
the beginning of our parsha, Hashem el Moshe Lemar, God says to Moshe the following words, Shlach Lucha Anoshim, send a group of men, Viasuru as Eretz Canaan, and they will spy out the land of Canaan, Asherinino saying Livne Israel, that I have promised to give to the Jewish people. Okay. What are they supposed to do while they are spying out the land? Well, Moshe instructs them very clearly near the bottom of the page. Moshe sent these 12 designated men, a representative of each of the 12 tribes, and he said to them, and he said to them, travel from the north to the south, see the land, see the people that live there, whether there are a lot of people or a few people, look at the land, is it a good land, is it not a good land, and the cities, are they fortified, are they not so fortified, and the earth, the produce, the fruits and vegetables, is it abundant, is it plentiful? Those are the questions. And so, armed with those instructions and list of questions, they went, they saw, they returned, and they reported. And according to most of the commentators, they reported accurately. They told the truth. So what did they go wrong? How did they go wrong? What did they do wrong? Why is it that their report caused such hysteria among the Jewish people? Why did it cause God to be so angry with the Jewish people and lead to a decree that the Jewish people were destined to wander in the, destined, in the desert for 40 years before entering the land of Israel? If it was true, why was it so bad? So Rabbi Lam starts by analyzing a passage in the Talmud. It's a passage in the Gemara Mesech Shabbos. And the Talmud, fascinating passage, the Talmud is analyzing the deeper meaning behind each of the letters of the Aleph base. Now, by the way, this is uh, a relatively short passage in the Talmud, but there's a book. So let me show this to you. There is a book, and it's called The Wisdom of the Hebrew Alphabet. It's an art scroll book. It's a wonderful book, and it's much more extensive that analyzes the significance and the symbolism and the lessons behind each of the letters of the Alephes, but it's primarily based on the original text of this text in the Talmud. And the Talmud is analyzing the letters, number one, based on the shape of the letters, and number two, based on the letters that are used to make up the names of every letter. So, like, there's a word Aleph. Well, there are letters, Aleph, Lamed, final pay. Those are the letters that make up the word 
Aleph, which is the first letter. And the Talmud wants to discuss at this point two letters, the letter Shin, which is near the end of the Alephes, and the letter Taf, which is the last letter of the Alephes. And the Talmud says, Shin Sheker, Shin represents Sheker, which means false. The word Sheker starts with the letter Shin. And Tav stands for Emes, Emet, because the last letter of the word Emes is Tav, the last letter. So maybe this will make it a little easier. I wish I could do this in a more fancy way. But if you see here, uh, is it showing up right or is it showing up backwards? It's right. Okay. So you see here in Hebrew, and if you don't read it, don't worry about it, but we have here the word MS and the word Sheker. So here's what the Talmud says. The Talmud says, My time a Sheker Makarvimile. Why is it that the letters of the word Sheker are all close together? Sheker is formed by three letters Shin, Kuf, Resh. All three of them are next to each other, adjacent at the end of the alphabet, the alephase. And MS, the word MS, is Aleph at the very beginning, Mem, which is in the middle, and Tuf, which is at the end. So the letters of the word Sheker, which means false, are grouped together, whereas the letters of the word MS are spread apart. That's the question of the Talmud. So the Talmud says, Shikra Shriach, because Sheker, falsehood, is common, frequent. Emes, Kushta, truth, Lo Shriach, is not so common. It's not so frequent. Then the Talmud says, Umay time Shikra Acharakare, Koi, why is it that the word sheker, all three letters rest on a single leg, and the ms malabin lubune, but the word ms, the letters are standing flat. So again, let me show you what it is. So sheker, shin, kuf, resh. If you look at the bottom, as if it's a three-dimensional object that is standing up. Well, the shin is standing on a point. The kuf is standing on a point. The resh is standing on a point. If you could imagine it was a three-dimensional object, it would be very easy to tip over. But the word ms is just the opposite. Aleph has this horizontal base. Mem has this long horizontal base. Tough has these two legs that stand up securely and straight. So the Talmud asks, why is the word sheker wobbly? And the word ms is like a row of bricks. It's stable, it's secure. So the Talmud says, kushta koi, because truth stands, it 
is established. And Shikra Lokoi, Shikra is not established. It will not endure. Now, what the Talmud means to say, of course, is that the letters that spell the word Sheker are close together, but the letters that, shell the, that spell the word MS are far apart, spread out in the alphabet, the alphabet, and then the shape of the letters of the word Sheker are narrow at the base, but the shape of the letters of the word MS are solid, they're flat, a flat base. Rabbi Lamb provides a brilliant understanding to what the Talmud is trying to get to. Sheker is information that is confined to one space. It is information that has a narrow focus. It's looking at one spot. And therefore, it doesn't have context. It's wobbly. MS is information that is within a larger context. It is information with reference to its surroundings. You can only tell what is MS by looking at the entire picture, by looking at the entire olive base. And that is why it is secure. So, Rabbi Lamb then goes on to elaborate on that fundamental concept. So, the first requirement of MS, which again we translate as truth, but I want to just use the word MS and Sheker. The first requirement of MS, obviously, intuitively, it has to be in accord with reality. Okay. But, what we learn from this passage in the Talmud is that that is not sufficient to be considered MS. Real information can also be Sheker in three ways. And in all three of these ways, the report of the spies fails the test of MS, and it is rather Sheker. Three ways. Number one, in order for information to be MS, in addition to according with reality, you must say what is to be said to the right person. Please turn, well, we were on that page, page 798. Again, top of the page, the beginning of the Parsha in the Stone Chumash. Hashem says to Moshe, send a group of men in, they will spy out the land, the land that I have promised to give to the Jewish people. Okay, so here we have, at the very beginning of the Parsha, God said, we're going in. I'm giving it to you. I am taking you in. That is not in doubt. 
That requires no investigation. That requires no report. That requires no answer. That requires no evaluation. But, however, Moshe asks for a report from these 12 men. And that's what I read to you before. Moshe gives these 12 men a list of questions that he wants them to answer. What does it look like? Are there a lot of people? Not so many people. What is the land like? What are the fields and the trees like? Is it abundant? And their mission is to bring a report back to Moshe. Moshe sent them. Moshe said, bring me a report with the answers to this question. So their mission was to bring a report back to Moshe to answer the questions that he had asked. Now, if these spies will return to Moshe and give him the report to answer the questions that he asked, and then they will have their own questions, they will say to Moshe, Moshe, okay, here's the answer to the questions you asked us. But we have a question for you. The people seem very strong. The cities are very well fortified. How is it that we are going to be able to triumph? If they were to ask Moshe that question, which would make sense, because Moshe is the one who sent them, then... Moshe would give them an answer. And presumably the answer that he would give them is the Pasek at the very beginning. God said, this is the land, Asher Anino, say, live near Israel. God promised. It looks fortified. They look strong. You're concerned. Don't be concerned. Hashem promised. That would have made sense. That would have been fine. But that's not what the spies did. If you turn, please, to page 800. When the spies came back with their report, Pasuk Chavav 26, near the bottom of page 800 in the stone Chumash, when the spies came back, Vayelchu, Vayavo, El Moshe, Vel Aharon, Vel Koladas Bene Yisrael, El Midbar Paron Kadesha. The spies came back and they stood before Moshe and Aharon and the entire Jewish people. Vayashivu Osam Davar. And they gave their report, the S Kalha Eda also to the entire congregation. It's interesting how in one verse that phrase is repeated to emphasize they did not come back and give the report to Moshe who asked for the report. They came back and gave the, Moshe, the, the report to Moshe and to Aaron and to the entire Jewish people. Clearly, their report consists of statements that are intended to cause hysteria. Because they did not give the report to the ones who asked for it, to the one who asked for it, Moshe, and they did not give it to the ones 
who could correctly answer any question that they had about it, because that was Moshe. Rather, what they did is they gave it to the entire Jewish people who were not equipped to give the answer that this report called for. And in this way, their report was not Emmas. It was Sheker. Number two. In order for words to be Emmas, what you say has to be told in a way that listeners will be able to respond effectively. And if you relay information, even if it happens to be true, but you relay it in a way that will likely be misunderstood or misused, that too is not MS, it is Sheker. For example, if you are in a dark, crowded theater, I know that's not applicable right now, and when it is applicable, don't do it. I'm just giving an example. If you are in a dark, crowded theater and you yell fire, you will cause panic and many people will be hurt and trampled trying to get out. Now, if what you said is false, meaning there really was no fire, then you have committed a criminal act. If the words that you say are true, there is a fire, your words are still sheker because they are irresponsible and immoral because you will cause panic. MS would require calmly helping people exit safely. To yell fire is sheker. And that is what the Miraglim did. And the response is predictable. If you take a look at the next page, page 802, this is chapter Yudala, chapter 14, Pasik number one, number two, Aleph and Bez, Batisa Kol Ha'eda, and the entire congregation of Israel, the entire Jewish people, lifted up their voices in crying. Vayitnu es kolam, and they were yelling and screaming and crying in hysteria. And the entire Jewish people cried all night long. It caused hysteria because it was said in a way that people could not use it properly. They could not respond to it safely. Therefore, it was Sheker, not Emes. Finally, in order to be MS, the words that you say must stick to the facts, not to interpretation. Now, the truth is that the spies, in giving their report, did start with fact. Back on page 800, middle of the page,
bottom of the page. They started with a factual report. Pasuk Zion, number 27. Again, they, got, they came in front of Moshe and Aaron and the entire Jewish people, right? That's the second point. Vaisapru lo vayomru. And they told the following story. We went to the land that you sent us to. And vegam zavas vudvashi. And it is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is beautiful. It is fertile. It is abundant. Okay. But then they continued. Pasik Chavches, number 28, the top of page 802. Ephes, however, ki az ha'am, the people there are very strong. They live in fortified cities. The cities that they live in are very strongly fortified. And the people who are there are giants. The people who are there are fierce warriors. And we will not succeed in conquering this land. Now that part is not fact. That is deduction. That is assumption. And the deduction that they made, the assumption that they made was wrong. Because Moshe had asked them to look and to tell him to report if the cities were fortified or not. Now, they assumed that if the cities were fortified, that meant that the people living there were very strong and the Jewish people would have a very difficult time trying to conquer, notwithstanding God's promise that they would do it. However, Rashi says the following. Rashi says they misunderstood what Moshe was asking them to look for. When Moshe said, see if the cities are fortified or not, Siman Masalehem, Moshe gave them a sign to look for. In Biprazim Yoshvim, if they live in cities that are open, not strongly fortified, that means chazakim heim. They are a strong people. Shesomchim al gvurasam. What kind of a people, especially in the ancient world, lives in a city without strong fortifications? Obviously a city that is very confident in their own warriors and their own ability to defend themselves without extensive fortifications. But if they live in cities that do have strong fortifications surrounding them, that's a sign that they are weak. The spies saw that the cities were strongly fortified, but they made the wrong inference from that fact. Because the inference is not the fact. Moshe wanted the facts and he would supply the inference and the deduction and the assumption. They added their own inference and deduction and assumption. Now, by the way, Moshe's Siman is in fact a very important lesson in many areas of life. 
building strong walls, whether they are literal walls or figurative walls, is not always a sign of strength. It can also sometimes be a sign of weakness. Okay, but the problem is they reported the facts, but they extended their report to include the deduction, and it was the wrong deduction. That is Sheker, not Emes. Now, in order to understand the underlying mistake that these spies made that caused all of this Sheker instead of Emes, so I explained one approach to this issue this morning at our 10 to 9 session, and I invite you to watch that short video on YouTube. But that is the reason, says Rabbi Lamb, that there is no specific mitzvah in the Torah to tell the truth. Because the difference between MS and Sheker is too easily misunderstood. The nature of MS is much more than simply saying something that accords with the facts. And that's why the emphasis of the mitzvah is midvar sheker tirchak. Stay far away from sheker. Because all of these other requirements go into making something actually emes. And this is a very important and practical lesson for every one of us. These situations arise all the time where we must be so careful not just to say what is a fact, what is real, but also to avoid Sheker. And it's not so easy. It's not always clear-cut. Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlav writes the following words, Vahamaskil vahamevin, one who understands and one who comprehends the depth of the meaning of emes and sheker. Yeshlo lehispalel kol yomov. It would be right for that person to pray every day of their life, that they should merit, that maybe even one time in their entire life that they merit that they merit to say one word shall emes of actual emes lifnei Hashem before God, as it is appropriate. It's not so easy. We have to make sure that what we are saying is real. We have to make sure that what we are saying, we are giving the information to the right person who knows how to deal with it. We have to make sure that we are giving information in a way that can be correctly and safely used. And we have to make sure that if we are portraying our report as factual, that we stick to the facts 
and not to the interpretation because that is much easier to make a mistake about. That is how Rabbi Lamb explained the problem of what the Miraglim did. They spoke Sheker and not MS. And that is how Rabbi Lamb understands our goal to make sure that the words that we say are MS and not Sheker. My friends, I wish you a great evening. I wish you a wonderful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.